Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Y98 presents the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. From our KMOX studios, Nate Gatter, Jen Cease with you for another edition of the St. Louis City Soccer Report. And for the first time in a few weeks, we get to have a happy one, Jen. Uh, this will be the... Uh, the happiest one we've had since uh, since March, I guess, after City beat FC Cincinnati 5-1 late last night, a game that was oh, delayed. Tired. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got yawns all around in the studio. But a happy tired. I'm happy. A happy, game, happy. game that was delayed by uh, a potential tornado, by thunderstorms, then for a while by lightning, didn't kick off until almost 10 o'clock local time after the, uh, the scheduled start time was 7.30. But the fans who stayed, and the vast majority did stay, were rewarded. Yeah, you could hear them, actually. So I will say there was the most, it was it was the most beautiful streak of lightning that actually went. It, sure, it was further off than it looked, but from where I could see it, it like turned the sky purple. It was like you could catch it on the camera, you would have it posted. It was, it was beautiful. But it was like, ah, oh, and then it was like another delay. But what you could hear was over at Schlafly, you could hear the drums. And so George was over there, and he was telling me that they kept trying to get people to go inside, like come inside, come inside. But obviously there were some hangers-on, and you could hear the drums when they weren't playing music or announcing at the stadium for everybody to get back in the concourse. And it was the the naughty people were the ones in the, like, suites. Uh I guess they kept peeking out. They kept getting in trouble. But you could hear the drums across the street for sure. Yeah. And the the energy was, uh, I would say, as high as ever. Uh, it was definitely in the in the super fancy club areas. I would say probably more like half full. But outside of that, I mean, ninety five plus percent. Oh, uh, probably for sure. Essentially full outside of the the classiest club areas. I would say this is the only time the team, and I'm sure they didn't pay any attention, but it was the only time the st- the team didn't have a full stadium to come out and warm up to, and that is simply because they came out like five minutes before they even reopened the gates. Right. The fans were coming. So, and it was good that we don't sit down because all the seats were wet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably almost eerie for, for the players, you know, coming out to, to it warm was up. Quiet. And yeah, it was quiet. I mean, they, the ones that were there were definitely giving them some, some love, but you know, it just, people were like, it was like, you could hear fans like we're coming, we're coming, hang on, we're coming. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, that's kind of a cool thing too, to hear them in the distance and as yes. they fill in and, and everybody who stuck around, For sure. obviously the players were appreciative of it. And, uh, and they made that known after the game. City had not scored for back-to-back games, a 1-0 home loss to Minnesota and a 3-0 home, uh, away drubbing at the hands of the Seattle Sounders. 
and they flipped that around with a 5-1 win over FC Cincinnati, who came into St. Louis last night as the top team in all of Major League Soccer on 17 points. They were unbeaten. They had conceded (laughs) only four goals in seven games. They conceded five last night at the hands of City. That uh, meant there was a little more work to do around Audio Odyssey Studios to uh, <laughs> get things down to a 60-second highlight for you. So we're going to listen to 90 and 60 right now. Now, Y98 presents 90 and 60, a look back at the St. Louis City match against FC Cincinnati. He went for the header. Now it's oh! dropped. Oh, baby! He scores! Jared Strauss! Center in for Giacchini. Steps over one, fires his shot, deflects back into the Yeah! In the back of the cage! Bounce into the corner for Stroud. Jared. Oh! In the middle! A header ends up in the back! And City's up 3 nothing. Oh, flicking on for Giacchini. Penalty on! Yeah! Giacchini! <laughs> he scores! It's 4 0 City! Completely right, oh. up! St. Louis City SC, a 5-1 winner. This has been 90 and 60. This coming Saturday, St. Louis City heads to Colorado to take on the Rapids. Pre-game at 8, kick at 8.30 on Y98, St. Louis. I need to do a blood pressure check every time we do 90 and 60, especially this game. I'm pretty sure it just, just from listening, it's like, <laughs> it's a lot packed into a short period of time, <laughs> especially when there are five goals. That's a new club record, right? Uh, in a short span of time, but it beats the four nil win uh, over Real Salt Lake a few weeks ago, which yep. was the last time they had scored a goal. Their first home goal in uh, about a month since mid-March, last time they had scored at home, and uh, they did not waste any time. Edward Leuven was the official man of the match in the stadium. He was very good. Uh, could have easily scored a couple more goals. You could feel him honing in on one free kick yeah, after another. Yeah, it was another. like one, then he moved it over here a little bit, then he moved, it was like, it's coming, it's coming. And uh, uh, put that in on the volley for the second goal. Uh, I thought Rasmus Alm could have easily been player of the game, uh, had an assist and, and essentially a goal on a wonder strike that went off the upright, hit ro- poor Roman Salentano, who couldn't have done anything about it yeah. in the back or in the back of the head even. And, and I think dribbled it was the back the of the line. head or the hand. Oh. It had to be the head. It's Just, like that one um, video you see that the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame opened their, their dinner with the it's a joke one where they have like the goalie who doesn't want to make any saves and keeps making saves because it hits him in the head. I'm like, yep. that's what it reminded me of, but it was a great dive. Yeah, no, he did everything <laughs> he could. I, I'm not sure that you can ask any questions of him. He conceded five goals and there was very little he could have done uh, really about any of them. Uh, Stroud had a goal. Kyle Hebert had his second and, uh, as well, Nico Joachini and Johnny Nelson was fantastic. We're going to get to talk to him as yeah. he left back at uh, five thirty. Before that, we'll be talking to Dale Shilley, whose voice you heard. He was one of the the guys yelling "oh" <laughs> on a couple of those goals. Dale Shilley, the uh, the Y ninety eight. Dale was having a good time. <laughs> we will hear, uh, of course, from George Gansner for Laws of the Game at five forty five, and then in our second hour, we'll be talking a little bit of local soccer with Grace Restovich, a, a St. Louis area kid who uh, stars for the U.S. Youth National Team about uh, her experience with having the women's national team in town and some of her other exploits. And then we'll talk to Sam Moore of the Missouri Historical Society about the uh, soccer exhibit at the Missouri History Museum coming up at the tail end of our second hour. Packed show for you. Dale Shilley will join us next to recap St. Louis City's 5-1 win over FC Cincinnati late last night. This is the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. St. Louis City Soccer Report continues on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Bounce into the corner for Stroud. Jared. Oh! In the middle. A header ends up in the back. And City's up 3 nothing. That was Kyle Hebert scoring the third goal of the night, his second of the season in what turned out to be a 5-1 St. Louis City route over previous Supporters Shield leaders, FC Cincinnati. Instead, it puts City in the pole position for the Supporters Shield, now with six wins in eight games, top of the league with those 18 points, top of the league with 20 goals, top of the league with a plus 11 goal difference. One of the voices you heard screaming there <laughs> in the background was Dale Shilley, who is kind enough to join us again this week, analyst on our uh, sister station, Y98's coverage of St. Louis City Soccer, and you'll be able to hear him again, 8 o'clock pregame, 8.30 Central Time kickoff this coming Saturday when City are in Colorado to take on the Rapids. Dale, as always, thanks a lot for being with us. Hey, it's my pleasure, especially after a game like, like that last night. Hey, yeah. Dale, you're on a pitch, right? You're, you left a pitch last night, and you're on a pitch. Well, yes, but I climbed out or got away from the pitch and got into a car because it was too windy. <laughs> That's what we were wondering how it might sound with you out there. Yeah. So you're at tryouts. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We're having tryouts for our 07 and 08 Academy. Um, and, uh, you know, we're looking for a couple of slots to, to fill. We'll have some movement within the, within the group. And, you know, every year we're looking to just find new talent and new players. And we've got some local kids. We've got some kids from out of town and yeah, just uh, identifying players. Dale, obviously, and this was discussed on the Apple TV broadcast last night, you guys touched on it. 
FC Cincinnati were down two, at least of their three most important players. Brandon Vasquez was still out there, but no Lucho Acosta and no Brenner, which uh, takes a substantial uh, amount of the teeth out of that attack. At the same time, this was maybe the best team, most successful team in MLS so far this year, coming into City Park at a time when maybe some confidence was starting to waver among the St. Louis fan base and City delivered probably their most comprehensive performance so far in club history. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I was thinking about I was thinking about the game on the way home and a, and a bit this morning, and I don't know if there's been a better a better definition for really establishing your a home field advantage and protecting your own stadium and playing in front of your fans. I, I mean, just the grit and the fight and the determination that the guys displayed last night. Um, you know, they just really. We talked about a statement game on the air last night, and, and I think the statement was you're not going to walk into our stadium at City Park and walk away with three points without, without getting in a fight. And the guys really established something last night. Yeah, Dale, so just to, like, let's, let's make sure we, don't, we cut this off before I start to hear it from people. Our play was legitimate. This is a legitimate win. It was a statement. And I know they were missing Brenner. I know they were missing Acosta. But, like... How much are we going to have to hear that that was the reason we wouldn't have won if they would have had those players? Blah blah blah. blah. The the league is the league is <laughs> a, the season. The season is a thirty four game season. We're going to miss players. They're going to miss players. Everybody's going to miss players. Uh, at the end of the day, you're not going to apologize for for winning again. It's still a very talented team. Cincinnati wasn't bad last night. We we happened to to catch them in some moments. Our finishing was was unbelievable. I mean, the, our efficiencies in front of goal was incredible. Um, we happened to, to get the, the, the result. And, and it's, not that, it's not because Acosta wasn't there or Brenner wasn't there. That's just part of the way the league runs, and, and it's going to happen to us someday. Last night, we were really good. We took advantage of what we needed to take advantage of, and we walked away with three points, and we're on top of the league, and there's no apology. Dale Shilley with us, Y98 analyst for our coverage of St. Louis City here in the Odyssey Group of Stations, talking about City's 5-1 win over FC Cincinnati, put them back at the top of the Western Conference and the top of Major League Soccer late last night. Dale, obviously everybody in this city has, and around Major League Soccer for that matter, has a lot of respect for the acumen Pat Noonan has demonstrated, St. Louis native out of Dismet, uh, who has been leading FC Cincinnati as their head coach now for a couple of years. At the same time, I was shocked by whether you want to call it arrogance, whether you want to call it naivete, the way FC Cincinnati came out last night to pushing their numbers forward with their back line so far forward in possession, and they were getting caught out on the break in the first half, left and right. What what did Pat Noonan envision? How did he think that was going to go? Yeah, it was an interesting one. Again, something else I was thinking about was them playing in a 3-4-3. Uh, with two wide players out of midfield. So a lot of times teams will play out of a 3-4-3 and the shape of the midfield will be in a box or will be in a diamond where the wide midfield players are tucked in to help give numbers and, and security to the center of the park. But their wide players played way wide. So they had wingers up front that were in the half space and they had wide players out on the touch line out of midfield. And it just made for a lot of room in the middle of the park. And that's why the game was so open. So, yeah, it was it was going to be somebody was going to score a lot of goals. Now, whether it was going to be the uh, whether it was going to be both teams, whether it was going to be us, whether it was going to be them, 
somebody was going to score goals. And, you know, for us, getting them on the counterattack, a lot of space to run into, uh, really good. The second piece would be our uh, restarts and the second phase of restarts. The team is well-schooled on those. And, yeah, we broke their, we broke their back with uh, certainly that third goal and then the, the fourth goal starting off the second half. Well, and I think, too, you know, kudos to to everybody for their mental discipline in, in the entire thing, from either being <laughs> drag, drugged down every three steps Jalkini took, um, keeping his focus on the ball, to, you know, we gave a goal clinic. Like, every strike, whether it was on the head or was on the foot, was a, is a one that I want to freeze frame for my kids and see, look at where the plant foot is, look at where the strike foot is, where, look at where the hips are. Most of those things, that you know, in previous games, shots were going over, they were going wide, and I know Leuven was kind of dialing it in, but they were still fantastic strikes. I just thought like those fundamentals, all those basic fundamentals that, you know, your tryout people are working on right now were present in the game last night. Yeah, I mean, it was a good, it was a good exhibition on, on play. I think we, we said it at some point in the broadcast was this was just a good old-fashioned soccer game. It was hard-hitting. It was competitive. Um you know, getting step, stepping away from the technical side a little bit, you know, on so let's touch base on the mental side. Um, you know, Coach Bradley said that in the locker room for the two hours or two and a half hours, well, what did we do in that locker room? And Coach Bradley said, you know, we, we, we talked and we had fun and we heard stories and, and we were just good teammates and we enjoy each other's company. And you could really feel that in the game, there was a level of unison and unity with the group and the way that they played and uh, there's a good spirit amongst the group. And I don't know that we saw that from the Cincinnati group that looked a little bit agitated. Um, Matt Miazga, captain, was, was having to step in between players and referees. There was a, it was a different level of mental discipline between the two teams last night, for sure. I agree completely, and you could see it over and over. And I know, um, I think Tom Ackerman this morning asked a fair question of Lutz uh, talking about how physical we play. And I, and, I, and I will acknowledge that. I will acknowledge that we're physical on and we're physical off the ball. Um, I also believe that we're willing to respond physically. We're really willing to respond and step up to anything physically that is given to us. But I really love Dale about the team last night. And I watched and I did a, the kind of freeze frames in the Apple replay of every time we got knocked down. Of course, we've got some hands going out. We got some frustration, but you could almost see the mental reset on cities teams faces to be sure like we don't get pulled out of our game mentally because we're getting, you know, drugged down physically. Yeah. And I think it's a, I think part of it's just a surprise to the teams that come in to the stadium, to city park to play. And when we travel to play, that's just how hard and competitive we want the game to be. If you watch a random game uh, on, uh, on Apple TV, you'll see that a lot of teams just fall back away from the ball set up little pressure pockets and when a ball goes in there they'll try to intercept it or when the ball's close enough to their 18 they'll try to win it and counterattack. but we go out and we tackle we go out and we we try to win a soccer ball and, and we go all the way through the tackles and not just one remember in the first half we yeah had, we were over double oh, again last night <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah it's just a different it's, it's a different approach it's starkly different you can see it when you watch games from other teams in the league Dale, I think the performance was so comprehensive, it's almost hard to pick out any particular bright spots at the same time. And you mentioned it with FC Cincinnati's shape. I thought as compared to the Seattle game, the 
how much more solid City were in the midfield. You know, Indiana Vasilev didn't really contribute to any of the goals directly, so I think he probably got lost because it felt like almost every starter had a goal or an assist or at least was generating great chances like Klaus was in getting the praise for that. Vasilev, I thought, was you know a, a really impressive performance for him, pretty much isolated in the holding midfield centrally because of how Leuven wants to be creative and get forward. Yeah, I would say... I would agree 100%. You know, Leuven, Leuven got the accolades last night. The two guys that jumped out at me as potential uh, man-of-the-match performers were Indy Vasilev and John Nelson. I, I thought both of those guys worked incredibly hard, were highly effective. John being involved on a couple of, uh, a couple of the goals and Indy just tirelessly working and working and working and digging balls out of trouble and helping connect passes and, and giving the game a little bit of calm uh, by maybe squaring a ball off and, and trying to allow us to take a breath every now and again. Uh, and then, obviously, just his work rate in defending and chasing balls down and chasing people out and taking an odd foul to slow the other team down. Yeah, I thought he had a really good game. Dale, we're going to have to let you go in a second, but we've got a uh, a talking point for today, and I think it's it, eight games in. It's time to start talking about this, so I'm going to ask you point blank. <laughs> are City title contenders? Are they title contenders? Um, yes, they're certainly title contenders, uh, but there's a big a couple of teams that you're going to have to jump over that haven't reached their peak yet. So we've got some, we've got some work to do, but uh, certainly – at 18 points and you're at the top of the table 25% of the way through the season, you have to say that that you're in a position to to be in the discussion for sure. Well, Dale, we appreciate you as always. Uh, safe travels to Colorado this weekend and uh, maybe bring home another win for us, huh? Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Dale Shilley, our Y98 analyst of St. Louis City games on our sister station. You can head to Y98, 8 o'clock on Saturday for pregame, 8.30 local time to kick off when City travel to suburban Denver to take on Colorado Rapids. We'll be back with Johnny Nelson when we return. St. Louis City left back who was fantastic against his former club in a 5-1 win for City over FC Cincinnati last night. All that and more coming up when the St. Louis City Soccer Report continues next on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Y98 St. Louis City Soccer Report continues on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Left side, toward the box is Nelson, gets through his former team, center it for Giacchini, steps over one, fires a shot, deflects back into the back. Yeah! In the back of the cage! 2-0 City leads! 
That was Joey Zanaboni along with Dale Shilley on the call on Y98, our sister station. Last night, late last night, when St. Louis City survived and clobbered FC Cincinnati after a long delay, 5-1 to improve to 18 points through eight games. And a big part of that on the second goal and all night long was City left back Johnny Nelson, who joins us now. John, thanks for taking some time out of your evening. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. John's a veteran now. This is a, he's the first city player to appear twice on the show, so we're glad to have him again. That's right. Technically didn't get an assist on that run, but beat two, three, four FC Cincinnati okay, players on his own. let's just be clear. That goal does not happen, John, without that run. And every part about what you did in that play, and I know you're just like, oh, I'm just doing my, my job and doing my classic soccer, but what I have four kids who play, and so... You know, many times what you get on highlights, right, what you what they see on, you know, when the parents are, you know, talking about or we put it on sheets are, are the results. And those results do not happen yeah. without those plays. That's your play starter. That was a play starter. No, of course. A lot of times the outside backs are doing the dirty work and we don't show up in the score sheet, but we create the goal for sure. You're right. <laughs> you know, John, during the delay last night, I was thinking about you in particular because it's tough for any professional athlete, I think, to be hyped up for a game, especially as compared to baseball or hockey or basketball. You guys pretty much play once a week. And so you're waiting all week to get the chance to get out there, especially having lost back-to-back games. You in particular yeah. have to be anxious to get out there against your former team. And then you had to wait the extra two, two and a half hours in the locker room during the tornado slash lightning delay. What was that yeah. like for the team and especially for you kind of keeping your nerves under control and, and making sure you didn't tire yourself out with anxiety? Yeah, definitely anxious for sure. I mean, I know the whole team was, we wanted to play, we wanted to get the game in and then we just kept getting delayed every 30 minutes, every 30 minutes. But it was pretty cool. Uh, I got to go talk to some of the Cincinnati guys players and staff before the game in the hallway, which was, which was nice. But no, I'm honestly super glad we, we got that game in. Cause I, like I said last night, I wanted to beat them pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. You also, I, I was with the, with you in the press conference on Thursday and um, you know, I think you gave a very honest answer. It was like, you know, why is this important? It's important for three reasons, coming off of two losses, beating the team mm-hmm. at the top and no one wants mm-hmm. to lose to their friends. <laughs> and You're so right. I'm so You're glad right. you got that yeah. result. <laughs> I know. I, I needed that one bad. And to have a huge performance for myself, it, it felt good. Still buzzing from it, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I think any, any of the kids listening, you know, that they That's can empathize right. with that a lot. Sucks That's to lose your friends. Every day after school, they don't want to lose to their friends. So this was this was your recess, I guess, uh, <laughs> professional soccer <laughs> exactly. style. Exactly. But uh, exactly, you know, John, we talked when you joined us. I don't know if you'd remember, but when you joined us, I think uh, a week or two before the season started, we talked about yep. the the difficulties that you had to overcome physically with your, your back injury and the surgery and getting healthy. And we talked about how that had robbed you of some of your joy playing soccer. How joyful have the last two months been for you? Oh man, it's, it's been great, especially at city park and in front of the fans, this electric atmosphere. I mean, of course it helps when we're top of the league, but me being healthy, playing super well, helping our team win, you know, now getting on the assist sheet, uh, it's it's great. You know, after the goals, we're smiling, having fun. I mean, it's just like you're a little kid again. It's it's honestly great. So is the plan, John, I know we go reset. We have a little bit of time off. I'm glad you're you're buzzing. You're going to need some time to probably come down before you got to get back up for practice. Yeah. Practice going to be business as usual this week. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we're off tomorrow, then Tuesday. You know, the you know, it's in the it's in the past, so it's a new week and Brad does a really good job of getting us ready. You know, we're 
uh, not complacent, not comfortable at all, and we're, we're ready to go. we got a tough one in Colorado coming up. You know, John, I felt kind of guilty because we had your fullback uh, colleague, Jake, on the opposite side, Jake Nerwinski, who plays it right back on a couple of weeks ago <laughs> before the Seattle game. Yeah. And we were talking to him about, you know, you had four goals in Vancouver. When are you going to get on the score sheet? You know, it's been a while. Are you The defenders are scoring. Him. Tim's scoring. Kyle's scoring. <laughs> you know, when, when are you going to get in on the axe? And in the end, he, he unfortunately uh, was in the wrong place at the wrong time and put it in his own goal. So what I'll ask you, that instead of putting any pressure on you yeah, and, no, no. and jinxing you, what I'll say is with the center backs having combined for three goals already, which fullback's going to be the first on the score sheet? Oh. Oh. You know, I'm I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take that one. <laughs> I'm feeling it's going to be me. It's going to be me. But Jake is also he's he's very good in the attack too, so I wouldn't be shocked. But you know, I'll have to tell him tomorrow if he's listening when he's listening to this one. I'll I'll t- I'll take it. it. Should be me. Well, you know, it's really often too when you look at. You know, John, I'm sure you remember your days in the youth game. And, and it's it's a place where sometimes, you know, you get hands in the air. It's like, you know, when they're really little, who wants to go play offense? Everybody. Who wants to go play defense? Nobody. And, you know, because the, 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 you just don't see it in the, 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 the sheets. You don't see it in the celebrations. And But if it weren't for it, Bradley Carnell talked about you in the press conference this week and said, you know, just specifically talking about your style, that you reminded him of some people and that you were combative, that you, you lead in tackles. You lead by example. And I think we all definitely saw that. Is that something that you walk in? Are those personal goals for you, you know, as far as what your tackle rate is and how you're going to work on the field? Yeah, of course. I mean, being an outside back, first things first, you're you're a defender, defender first mentality. Um, you know, so getting those tackles, you know, clean sheets and all that. And of course, you want to be on the assistant and the score sheet. But like I said earlier, you know, doing all the dirty work, it might not show up, you know, it might not be the player of the game, but without those plays, you know, your, your team can't be successful. And that goes for our whole back line. That's, I think that's why we're, we're, you know, successful this year. Our whole back line has been doing so good at that. But, yeah, for me personally, for sure. And I know Brad, you know, he was an outside back. Um, so he knows how important these statistics really are. Joined by City fullback uh, John Nelson talking about City's 5-1 win over FC Cincinnati last night. And, you know, John, we talked with, with Jake Nowinski as well about – how uh, sometimes in the modern game it feels like fullbacks are doing the same job or uh, double the job for the same pay, right? Because now, like you said, still defenders first, but expected to do so much running, so much getting forward and contribute to the attack in a way that just wasn't the case a decade ago. In particular, that's that presents a challenge, all that running, all that work rate, when you go to a place at altitude like Colorado next weekend. Mm-hmm. What what do you have to do you as a team, but then you and Jake in particular, with the physical demands placed on you to make sure you guys are ready to play potentially ninety minutes, certainly seventy plus minutes at altitude. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, honestly, I think not many uh, many things changes, but I think it's more of you know being more smart when you, when you're going into the attack. You know, is it really worth it? You know, sometimes you want to hold back. You know, save your energy, like we saw in Salt Lake, and of course, it's going to help our team gets on the score sheet first and then we can kind of dictate and control the game. We're not really going after it, you know, sprinting forward and have, having to make all those runs forward. So it's being more smart, you know, being more, uh, you know, particular when you want to go up in the attack for sure.
Well, I'll, hit, I'll take a goal three minutes in like we did last night. I think that'll do it. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> and, I, and I know that your coach, Coach Garnell, is, isn't isn't the most empathetic when it comes to altitude, reminding us all that he lived in Johannesburg. and He, yeah. he had to work at, yeah. at altitudes at that level. Is that going to change training at all? Do you, I mean, we can't change the altitude, but maybe the kinds of things you do? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, things might be a bit more intense this week. You know, when we went to Salt Lake, uh, we had a certain uh, play style going into it. And that training, that week of training was, was pretty intense, honestly. But that's what got us ready for, for uh, the RSL match. So I would, I would say this week's going to be an intense week for sure. Well, John, we appreciate your time as always. Congratulations on the win last night. Such a great first couple of months. And best of luck in Colorado. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Johnny Nelson, City left back, who was fantastic again last night, an assist and uh, another quasi-assist, if you will. fire. A lung-busting run uh, where he showed not just his his endurance, but also his skill set. And uh, certainly he has the bragging rights. In any yeah, group he chat, he's still in in FC Cincinnati. <laughs> he is, uh, if you're still on group me, John uh, wins. <laughs> John is on top of the world right now. 5-1 City over FC Cincinnati last night. Top of the league. We'll talk about it more and discuss some of the officiating in a game that was littered with fouls. 40 total. 26 of them on City last night. Yeah, George. And we will hold George Gansner accountable on laws of the game when we return. This is the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. St. Louis City Soccer Report continues on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Driven about 15 yards outside the box. Benz went toward the spot. Jalkini went for the header. Now it's dropped. Oh, oh, baby! He scores! Jared Stroud! 1-0 City leads! Three minutes in! Jared Stroud got it started early. City scored early and often. One of five goals in the first 57 minutes for St. Louis City and an eventual 5-1 win over FC Cincinnati last night. You could hear how loud the crowd was even after waiting out that nearly two-and-a-half-hour tornado and lightning delay. Uh, but that doesn't mean everything was sunshine and rainbows <laughs> last night. In in fact, I think many of the crowd were a little bit frustrated with some of the refereeing at times, and so... You know what time it is. Kyle, cue it up. Now, Laws of the Game. He loves it so much. George Gansner. George Gansner is in the studio with us, and George Gansner has the luxury of uh, holding the official title beyond uh, MLS and FIFA referee emeritus of being uh, the official spokesperson and accountability magnet for the St. Louis area for any and all refereeing mistakes or grievances <laughs> that happen anywhere in the world. Let me just tell you, he is very like he's popular, but very unpopular, like on our own kids sidelines. Like when he when we're all like, oh, and he's like, nah, I follow. We're like, shut up, George. Yeah. So before we get started, I, real quick, Wait. I, I want to throw out to uh, Mitch Maurice with the Luligans because I went over to Schlafly's last night before the game. Yeah, you did. Spent five hours yeah, at Schlafly's. You did. You did. Um, I knew and, it. Uh, um, <laughs> and and Mitch was awesome. The Luligans were awesome. It was really great. And it was the first time I've ever got to experience a rain delay somewhere other than a locker room. So I was excited. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> no, I didn't that think is. About that. I didn't think about that either. So there were 40 fouls called in 90 minutes. Jeez. 26 of them were called against City, who won the game anyway 5-1. In particular, I thought in the second half, it was called really tight. And so I think my question is not so much, do you think the referee was right or wrong? Because that's not, yeah. there were too many fouls to really talk about. It's more, 
I think the last 15 or 20 minutes, he really took the flow away from the game. And I thought maybe he was he was calling it really tight on purpose to try to keep control, thinking it's five to one. The game's pretty much over either way. Do you think that's the kind of thing a referee would think about that he's willing to call it? even in his mind, excessively tight to try to control the game? For sure. For sure. It's absolutely strategic. Um, I don't know if that's the decision he made last night, sure. right? Um, there were a lot of fouls early. Uh, he was relatively consistent. Um, and and I think when he did clamp down later on and he did take the flow out of the game and he really took the air out of the balloon, to be fair, uh, that was, in my view, that was very strategic on his part to make sure that he kept 22 players on the field because there was a point where I leaned over to my son and his friend and I said, we're not, we're going to have a red card tonight and it's not going to be against St. Louis. No, it clearly. And let me just tell you who should have been Miazga. Okay. So, so let's be clear. So I know that we had a lot of fouls and I understand that and we're willing to play physically. I get that. But I also want to say Cincinnati started it. Okay. So they started it first. Number one, number two at 27, that nonsense where Nico's running across, and it's funny because I actually did a sideline report on a little bit, and I actually thought he hit um, Klaus because Klaus was the one kind of upset about it. I didn't see Nico on the ground. Nico's running across. The Apple analysts give some kind of not not okay excuse about, how'd they say it, George? Uh, he said it was like a what is a, a wide receiver running across yeah, the back no, line. That was no. He Nico was moving because Berkey was about to take the kick, and Miazga reaches out. Forward. This wasn't like, oops, I'm sorry. This was a clear off the ball. That is, a, There was no card. That was contact. There was no card. Wrong. So that is usually a message from a defender. Right? I, know, oh, I know what the message is, but the <laughs> message from the referee needs to be no. Well, I mean, look, I have to assume that no one on the crew saw that. Okay, because I saw it. I know you may have seen it. You were not on the crew. So um, it's usually the senior assistant or the the assistant referees that's on that end, the assistant referees job to watch that and and pay attention. Um, Both assistant referees uh, are experienced in the league, but but younger, if if you will, in their maturity, three and four years, stuff like that. Um, And they may not have actually seen it. Right. That's a learned thing as to where you need to be paying attention most of the time. He Miazga clearly stepped up when when Nico was running across. That was a message that happens often, uh, just doesn't usually happen that strongly. And when it does happen that strongly, and somebody sees it, it is usually a yeah. Card. And, and, and to be fair to your point, when you look at it, and we're only getting one camera angle, but when you look at it on the angle, Berkey's about to restart. The ball's on the ground, and you see Berkey like getting ready to get back for the kick, and then he points up, and you see other players turn and point. You see Cincinnati players like, oh no. And, like, people start turning and pointing. Well, finally, like, 30 seconds later, Apple finds the 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 one angle where you kind of see it. Now their analysis was wrong. But, you know, at that point, can if nobody sees it, do they? that's not a VAR thing, No, it's right? not a VAR. Okay. Not unless there was a potential for a red card. And there's no potential for a red card. He there. made contact. Yeah, but that's not serious okay. foul play okay. uh, uh, or, or violent what? conduct. Serious foul play is on the ball. Violent conduct is away from the ball. So if, if we had if we had seen, say, Joe Keeney had been running in front of him and Miazga not only steps up but raises his elbows in, into Joe Keeney's face or something, you think we would have probably seen a stoppage to have VAR look you at it? would have. Yeah, absolutely would have. It would have gone to Atlanta. They would, have, they would have clearly made a decision at that point. Yeah. No, and it is one of those funny circumstances because you think isn't this exactly what VAR is for, a situation that the referees realistically can't be expected to see everything all the time but to your point it's just not possible well, in that so situation. and keep this in mind they they had to look at that to make sure nothing went was that serious right but but once they determine it's not a potential for a red card they are out 
So listen, so I know because you would have, you know, ear earpieces in and mm-hmm. you have your own mics on the on the lines, the ARs. And so in that moment where he's clearly because a center referee wasn't didn't see it. He's just simply is looking. So he's possibly asking ARs like, did you see it? The fourth? Did you see it? Yeah, for sure. And if they okay. have information ahead of time, they're already actively communicating that to the referee. And if um, no this, one that's sees what, it, that's what kind of tells me that nobody actually really saw what happened. It was more that but they you saw know the something aftermath. happened because people are mad. So now what? Yeah, I, well, then you'd go and deal with it. You manage, right? So we had the situation last week in New York, where or uh, with New York, that that we learned that they have you have to get it right. You take every piece of information you can. This isn't the same situation, right? There's, um, it's it's not that. It's it's something that's relatively common. Um, normally it's seen, it's not usually as heavy as last night's was, and it's usually managed in the right way. And I, I don't think they mismanaged it last night at all either. No, I, I think it's defensible. To, to me, as a fan, I thought he took some of the fun out of the last 15 or 20 minutes. It did lose flow. But we have different priorities. Yeah. I wanted to see potentially more goals, <laughs> and I would have loved to see a red card or two. He has no interest in a red card. Or orange, right. let's be clear. And, and you can understand why he's thinking, you know, City can't complain too much. They're up 5-1. Okay, maybe he's calling a couple ticky-tack fouls. It's not going to influence the outcome of the game at that point. He wants to keep things under control. And had there been a serious incident, and then there's a fight, and then a player or two are suspended for... You know, we'd rather have the 5-1 win and be done with it than risk that sort of stuff. Well, and possibly protect players from injury because we know like a lot of stupid starts happening. So let's not get anybody hurt. Right? Well, that's exactly right. And and Lutz mentioned it in the, the call with Tom Ackerman this morning was um, it was wet. And man, when it's wet, players love to go and they love to go hard it's and fun. fast yeah, and it's fun and they start to crunch and. Um, it, it was it was fun last night to watch. And we had a similar view. Our seats were in similar places. I actually thought, as, as though as much as City fans were complaining, the biggest missed call probably went in City's favor because I thought Vasquez was pretty clearly pushed in the back there on the outside of the of the box, running down our way in the first half by Tim Parker and took a spill and, and didn't get a call. Uh, Stroud did one too. I yeah. mean, I love me some Stroud, but but Stroud, Stroud did a few things as well that was a little bit off the ball. Jared yeah. Stroud's a naughty boy. <laughs> He's naughty. <laughs> yeah, so my, my angle on that was similar to yours. Um, I didn't think it was worthy of a, of a fault. Okay, well, that's why we have him on. So that's, See, that's why you get booed at youth games. That's why you get booed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. News is coming up next. You're listening to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 